Welcome to the Best Boys Podcast. I'm Best Boy Dan. New OP, who dis? And that is Best Boy Justin. As you've heard, we have a new OP marking the beginning of Season 1, Part 2 of the Best Boys Podcast. I know some of you will be upset, but this is a natural part of anime that we will dive into later in the episode. But first, we have the usual banter and, of course, anime news. So, Best Boy Dan, Hero is over. How about we do a final check-in? Did it anime itself? It didn't. <laughs> Surprisingly. Hermagerd. Yeah. Um, Higahiro, I, now that it is over, and I, it, I don't think they're going to be doing another season. It no, seems no. pretty well wrapped up. Uh, they better not, because then the next season will be like season two of Usagi Drop. Yeah. I, it's, you know, it turned out to just be a show about a, a stand-up guy. And that's kind of nice to see. Yeah, you know? no, the show was really, really <laughs> he did, good. He did not have sex with a minor. The story was engaging. They managed to tell the kind of story that usually ends up being told, like, kind of trashily. Mm-hmm. But they told it, like, in a very humanizing and interesting way. And it, it was really, like, just a story about human growth. Yeah, right? like, it was a story about growth and, like, coming to terms with trauma and, you know, seeing each other as human beings. Um, and I really, you know, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. Um... It definitely was not for lack of trying, though. Um, especially in that last episode. Um, I forget her name, but she definitely tried to make some moves on him. But he he rebuked her advances, and mm-hmm. I'm very proud of him. Yeah, no, it was really good. It was it was very self aware. It knew what it was doing. They were like they were making jokes and like teasing the audience. But uh, I thought it was good. Overall, it was a really good show. I highly recommend it. Yeah, if you are into that sort of thing, definitely give uh, Higuhiro a check out. So speaking of things that I highly recommend, here's something I don't. Uh-oh. We're checking in with Joran. And, no. well, I dropped it. You dropped it? You're, you're done? You keep up on it? Here's the thing. I watched a couple more episodes of it. It doesn't make sense. It's beautiful, but that's not enough. So, like, I, you know, and this was kind of like, I don't know, this could turn into a conversation about, like, you know, watching things you don't want to watch just because (laughs) of whatever. But, like, you know, I I gave it a really, I gave it probably more than it deserved. How many episodes did you end up watching? Like, seven. Yeah, like, half of the, more than half of the season. Yeah. And it just never, the story never made sense. It never clicked in. It was never really engaging. The characters' motivations were never clear, like... The, you know, it, for as beautiful a show it was, it's very disappointing um, that, you know, it, it just tur- it never turned out to be anything. So I remember from the Crunchyroll uh, Anime Awards that they had Joran, Princess of Snow and Blood, um, Odd Taxi, and uh, Tokyo Revengers. And we were far and away most interested in Joran. Yeah. And we're like, Odd Taxi looks weird. Tokyo Avengers is a bunch of weird hair and people crying, which turned out to be true. Yeah. A lot of crying. We're going to talk about that in a, in a to minute. To be fair, <laughs> it didn't <laughs> do a great fair. job of 
representing itself during the the trailer at the Crunchyroll Awards. Sure, um, but it, it's funny to me that the thing that we were most excited about ended up being like the least good of all of those. Yeah, um, I mean, isn't that just how it goes sometimes? I guess. Yeah, it's it's a good it's a good lesson in uh, don't judge a book by its cover. Don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> don't judge Lethal Weapon by Danny Glover. <laughs> there you go. Um, Another show. Uh, we're going to do a little bit of wrap-up from some of the uh, shows from yeah. this season. Because in uh, case in you didn't banter. know, a lot yeah. of them are ending. So A lot of them are ending. And I actually had a chance to catch up on a lot of them, and I know Best Boy Justin did as well. Um, one that I watched with uh, Best People, uh, Alicia and Kat, was Vivi Fluorite Eyes Song, which is still the worst name for an anime ever. Mm, I don't know about that. It's... There was that one Demon King Academy that was like 75 uh... words long. <laughs> That one was great. I love that one. But no, like, Vivi Fluorite Eyes song is just difficult to say. And then whenever you're telling someone, you're like, oh, you should watch this anime. And they're like, what's it called? And you're like, Vivi Fluorite Eyes song. And they're like, what? <laughs> um, but if you don't know, Vivi is uh, about, like, this uh, AI uprising takes place and they just murder all humans. And this one scientist sends an AI consciousness back 100 years to like the first AI and uh, that AI consciousness teams up with her to kind of change the course of history over the next 100 years. So it's a story spanning 100 years kind of told in chunks uh, as these kind of like specific points in time where that are like critical to the AI uh, rising happen. Um, It is an excellent show would highly recommend pro- uh, honestly probably the best like fight choreography uh hmm. this season and maybe even this year to be honest yeah. like it was really really good and just a great show a really good like i i love the idea of a story told over such a long span of time too um you just don't get that with the normal human life but with an android you can kind of get a hundred years of story you know where you do get that oh where is that gundam age (laughs) it's gundam time again of course i'm never not gonna Um, talk about gundam but i i mean there's there was actually a lot of really good shows this last season but i think vivi fluorite eyes song is is really high up on the list would strongly recommend it i know best boy justin you haven't checked it out but i would i want I would to i'm going to at some list. point and it's it's like a tight um 12 or 13 episode season so it's pretty easy to knock out yeah um, you want to take us into this next one? Because I have a lot of feelings about it, but I'm sure you do too. Yeah, sure. So the next one is I've been killing slimes for 300 years and maxed out my level, um, which I love. I'm super into this show. It's um, the best way for me to describe the feel of the show is kind of like if you like Dragon Maid, but you wanted something with less of a romantic subplot at an isekai setting, this is your jam. Um, basically, it's about a... Um, a woman who like works herself to death in her mid twenties and like has a heart attack at work and dies and she's isekai'd into another world and like one of the best isekais. <laughs> yeah, so good. Um, and the angel asks her like, "Hey, what do you want out of your new life?" And she's like, "I just want to like relax and not have to like struggle or anything like that." And she's like, "Okay, great. We'll also make you immortal while I'm at it." So she's born, reborn in this world as like a witch. She has magic powers. 
Uh, she doesn't really have to work very hard. All she has to do is basically, like, kill 25 slimes on her way into town, and she has enough money to live. Yeah. Um, and she does this for, like, 300 years, and then finds out <laughs> doing this, killing these, like, 25 slimes a day, she has maxed out her level. She's, like, level 99. Yeah. And she doesn't even know it because she's never used any of her powers yeah. or anything like that. She All she does is just kill these slimes on the way to, on the, way to the town, and that's it. Um, and so, yeah, so she basically, like, builds, like, a little pseudo-family. Yeah, so basically what happens is that she, um, gets her, like, powers evaluated by, like, the guild in town, and then, of course, as soon as they find out she's level 99, her life of peace is over because, you know, people start, you know, find out and want to, you know, come and find out what's going on with this super powerful witch. Right. Um, but you were saying that they, uh, that she starts a family... Um, she gets, like, some dragons. Yeah, so she gets, you know, she has, like, little, she ends up with, like, children and, like, little (laughs) sisters. And, like, I don't want to give away too much of it so you can enjoy the show yourself. (laughs) The children Um, are a little, like, they're cute, but, like, how they come to be is a little weird. Yeah, well, I mean, there are are portions of the show that are, like, oh. Like, like, some some are, like, sneakily dark and stuff like that, but, like, it's a really good show. Um... And, uh, yeah, so I definitely recommend checking this one out, especially if, like, if any part of either Isekai or, like, Slice of Life appeals to mm-hmm. you, like, this is going to be something you're going to want to watch. It's, it's a nice, easy, happy show to watch. Yeah. It's something you don't have to invest too much emotionally in. Um, but uh, another show that's also, like, really easy to watch, and this was, like, this was my my show for when I would come home from work too mm-hmm. tired to emotionally invest in anything, I would watch um, Don't Tease Me, Miss Nagatoro. Yeah, it's, uh, and we've talked about this before. The first time we saw it, we were really turned off by, like, how much bullying was in the first episode. It was uh, a lot. Like, we've talked about this a lot on the show, but it was a lot. But it it's only the first episode. There is bullying throughout it, but it's, you know, it's, it's that kind of, you know, young love thing where they antagonize each other to, uh, to show their affection or something it's not right but it's they do it in a comedic way that doesn't feel bad like the way the bullying did in the first episode and but it's it's a fun show it's funny it i think it does deserve a place with like tonakawa and uh uh, maybe not maybe not quite that level but if you enjoy those sorts of shows you will definitely enjoy this one i think yeah you might i wouldn't put it on the same level of like uh, like tonakawa and harimia but like it's definitely good. I think um, it's close. The, the first, the I love the art style. The art style is really good. The animation sequences are done really well. Um, the characters are designed, you know, in a way that is appealing. Um, Nagatoro is funny. Her voice actress is hilarious. Her like, animations are great. Her animations are great. <laughs> um, and uh, just like I remember, like after the first episode, like when we were re- we were recording the. Um, uh, what was it? The the spring 2021 episode. And <laughs> you had the super cut of her saying senpai. <laughs> senpai. Senpai. Uh, so that was really good. Um, but overall, Nagatoro, again, if you're not completely turned off by the first episode, is worth a watch. Yeah. Um, a solid comedy. Um, Fruits Basket. Uh, I can actually talk about since I have watched it and I have seen the finale now. And... It, oh, so perfect. Mm-hmm. Such a good ending. Um, this one's a little bit longer. This is, was the the third and final season, but 
you know, I, we talked about it a lot in uh, the White Day episode when when we talked with our best buds about why I should watch that show, and they were 100% right. Uh, I was wrong. <laughs> they were right. If you haven't watched it, you like dramas, definitely check it out. It's super, uh, super great. And we have some news later on that I'm excited to share for the fans of Fruits Basket. Um, I don't know anything about Super Cubs, so Best Boy Justin, this is all you. Yeah, so, um, you know, Super Cub uh, is, you know, first of all, if you're into Slice of Life at all and you haven't watched this show this season, you're wrong. Um <laughs> This show is really, really good. I I feel bad. I've only watched you the should. first two episodes. You should it's, feel bad. This is one of the ones I'm going to come back to. And, well, summer 2021 is going on because it's not too crowded this yeah. summer. Yeah, this show is really good. If you, if, you, if you want to, like, a show where you become really engaged with the characters, you become invested in their growth and their development, um, if you've ever had an interest that, like, has really, like taken root in you and it's like kind of changed your life a little bit this is this kind of story is going to appeal like anime? to you yeah like anime. <laughs> um and in this case what the interest is in this uh this young girl's life is uh her super cub motorbike where basically she kind of lives the same boring day and life over and over again she's the saddest girl on the planet her parents are dead she lives by herself she has no friends she has no hobbies and then like one day through a series of events she ends up owning a super cub motorbike and it when are completely we changes super cubs and starting probably out. never <laughs> and starting uh best boys super cub gang yeah it, it completely changes her life and you know just watching her this is this whole story like you know a lot of people aren't into this a lot of people find it boring but like this is a character development story it's not the the it doesn't have your typical action sequences it doesn't have like a super like What's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't have like a super like overarching heavy hype storyline. It's really just about this girl learning how to make friends, learning how to like kind of be a member of society. Um, and do you know, the story is told through the lens of her love for her motorbike. Um, and she, you know, she meets she meets new people, she makes friends, and she has new experiences, and it's just a really great show. Nice. Um, I, I'm gonna pick it up again. Um the next show we want to talk about is Tokyo Revengers. And the the thing I find funny about this particular show is that you, me, and Best Person Cat all kind of at the same time were like, we should really catch up on this show. And like just kind of had like the um like same like idea at the same time. Um and best person cat and i started watching and got up to the point that you had left off on and then we all got to watch it together which was really nice but i've thoroughly enjoyed it so far um the basic plot of tokyo revengers for those who don't know is the main character uh is kind of like you know a washout in life he you know puts dvds away in a video store he doesn't even do that job very well He's watching TV one day and he finds out that due to some gang activity, um, his uh, girlfriend ha or his ex-girlfriend from junior high has been uh, involved in it and has uh, perished. Uh, he then, through a series of things that I'm sure will never get explained, <laughs> ends up back in time in his old, like, 
12 or 13 year old body when this all this gang activity started yeah and basically he has to go back in time and kind of change the course of events to um prevent her from dying and of course it doesn't always work out perfectly it's very much the second half of um uh oh god steinsgate steinsgate yeah yeah, yeah. kind the of yeah of season do, one do, do. <laughs> and, yeah, it's not really spoilers. No. Um, but it's uh, we've discovered that the crying makes sense. He's like the crybaby hero. That's like his shtick. Um, and then also the uh, uh, the hairstyles are are just kind of like oh, the man. aesthetic of it. I, the aesthetic of the show is actually really really good. Well, yeah, because it's set in the early two thousands. So like, if you grew up in the early 2000s like I did, then you <laughs> have dark periods of your life that there are magically no photos of anymore. Um, you will relate to this. Um, but the show is really good. Some some minor pet peeves about it we do have. Uh, yeah. Some of the animation, like the movement sequences and the fight sequences are a little clunky, a little weird. Yeah, it's, uh, it's produced by Linden Films, who did Other Side Picnic. Which, which was... Perfect, which is a beautiful. good show. But if thinking back on it, it didn't have like a ton of like high intensity like action sequences that were did. that were super well animated. But also the the other difference between Other Side Picnic and Tokyo Avengers is that Other Side Picnic had a lot of gun based fighting, mm-hmm. whereas Tokyo Avengers has a lot of like fist fighting, which yeah. is much harder and to like, animate, obviously, and like gang fights where there are a lot of people on screen at the same time. Yeah, but uh, Other Side Picnic was perfect and beautiful, and you should watch it. But um, <laughs> but no, uh, you know Tokyo Avengers. Going back to that, uh, also the you know we're going to talk about this later, but the OST of the show is oh, great. So good. Um, just in general, like if if you like kind of like gang style shows this is really good not it's, even gang gang is a little a little too too fine a point on it if you like shows about delinquents yankees yeah you know organized crime organized um, organized crime yeah that kind of stuff. time travel it's good in that genre yeah. um it, it's it is a a very solid show and it's 24 episodes so we're about halfway through so now's the time to get in all right, so with all that taken care of, I guess it's about time to check in with Studio WEEB for some anime news. And first off on the new ca- newscast, we have Madhouse unveiling a new anime project titled Goodbye Don Gleese with a 2022 opening date. Uh, the project is being written and directed by Atsuko Ishizuka with character designs by Takahiro Yoshimatsu, both having worked together on A Place Further Than the Universe. Which is one of my personal favorites. Um, I love the nine episodes of it I've seen. You need to stop not finishing shows. I know, I know. It's not okay. This is what happens when I watch shows with Best Person Cat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this will be an original anime film taking place in Iceland and centering on a 15-year-old child on the verge of adulthood as summer vacation begins. Um, I'm curious. We got a year. So, you know, this is fairly early news, but you heard it here first, folks. Yeah, and I mean, look, it's Madhouse, so I'm always down for some Madhouse stuff. Hell yeah. Um, speaking about things that we're not down for, <laughs> that's a great transition. I'm Ooh, a I professional like podcaster, yeah. not a hack and a fraud. <laughs> um, an animator named Ipe Ichi uh, claimed on Twitter that animators were being offered bottom rates on the production of a Netflix anime made at MAPPA. Um, so this is a huge bummer. Um But uh, according to Ichi, animators are being offered 3,800 yen per cut, which is roughly $34. The usual is 4,500 yen, which many animators agree is already unfairly low. 
Um, and a bunch of other animators have taken to Twitter to explain that they had decided to leave MAPPA due to factory-like conditions, uh, blaming MAPPA's decision to take on the production of four anime projects simultaneously for the current working climate. Um, and this is, you know, this is really, uh, this is really upsetting because I like Studio MAPPA. Yeah, I like they their do great work, work but, but uh, I want them to treat their animators well. Yeah, you know, uh, this is I, we've talked about it, you know, various times on the podcast before. But I think one of the things that it is important to understand as fans of this particular genre of entertainment is that it comes at a cost. Like yeah. uh, there are very few production companies out there that that take care of their uh, staff appropriately or pay the wages that they really deserve, which is why it is important to support those studios that do. So uh, one show that I'm really excited is back, um, and especially for all the hardship that, that this particular studio has had, is uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Um, that's made by um, Kyoto Animation, uh, and they're kind of renowned for not only uh, having a lot of like female voices in their production staff, um, but also just taking care of people. Uh, you may also remember them uh, from the news a few years ago when there was the arson attack um, at, at their studios, but... They are finally back with their first show back, which is Dragon Maid, which yep. we don't have any on here. But if you're a Dragon Maid fan, we'll talk about it more in our summer 2021 what to watch list. But yep. it's just as good as it ever was. <laughs> yeah, it's super good. Yeah, but uh, in the you know in the interest of we do call this news, so I guess we should offer the other perspective as well. Yeah. Um, uh, Studio Mappa claims that it has never offered unreasonable compensation to creators, which is a term they use to uh, refer to creative staff, which includes animators, um, but offered rates that are fair relative to the budget of the project, whether in current or past projects. It has also claimed that it has never forced or coerced creators to work. Couple things about that. First, <laughs> now that I've presented their point of view, uh, allow me to rebut. Um, first of all, uh, fair relative to the budget of the project is an incredibly loaded phrase. Yeah. But like when you consider that this is a project being led by Netflix, yeah, you would imagine that they would be paying above market rate. But obviously, Apparently this is not, not the case. Um, and the other is that it has never forced or coerced creators to work. And I can stand on my soapbox all day long about how capitalism, blah 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 blah. But like, it's this kind of this kind of dichotomy that's like, well, if you don't like it, you can work somewhere else. But like, that's shitty. That's yeah. that's a sh that's shitty. It's, and that's the only way I can put it without getting putting too fine a point yeah, on it. Yeah, this is this is very much something that. Is a big topic of, of debate in, in politics these days and how much people are worth and how much they're getting paid. So, I mean, just in general, uh, this is something that I hope improves uh, in the anime industry. Yeah. Um, speaking of production issues, uh, So I'm a Spider, So What? CG Assistant addressed some of the production issues uh, surrounding the delayed finale. Um, do we know if that is, is airing yet? It is airing is out and I've watched it. Oh, you have watched it? Yes. I have not watched it yet. Um, but it definitely, like, it took, what, one or two weeks after? It was an extra week. I actually, we have it written down here. The episode was originally slated to air on June 25th, um, and it was delayed to, uh, July 3rd, which is when it did end up releasing. Mm -hmm. So, n oh, okay. Naoya? 
Where are we Fukushi? looking at? Fukushi? Naoya Fukushi, yeah. uh, who served as a CG assistant at Tengu Koba on So I'm a Spider, So What? Uh, anime took to Twitter last Friday to explain the show's production issues in the wake of the delay of the 24th episode. His tweets are translated as follows. There are a lot of insensitive tweets from people who don't know the production situation. The outsourced animation on multiple episodes completely broke down and Millipensi, uh, that's the studio that makes it, uh, had to redo it all from scratch. The staff ended up being too busy for the later episodes that were set aside for them, which is a large reason for the poor quality. The staff are quite literally killing themselves to deal with this. Please be patient with the delay. I do agree that the sentiment uh, that regardless of the situation at the studio, what ultimately matters is what gets broadcast. No matter what the reason, uh, missing the broadcast is heavily frowned upon. But I made this tweet because I wanted people to know uh, that my friend's studio is battling desperately for the sake of this anime. And the people who are slinging insults won't stop until someone takes their own life. Um, this is, you know, important to talk about, too, because it's very easy for fandoms to become toxic. Yeah. And we... Having... It is okay to be upset that the thing you want is not airing when you want it to. It is not okay to attack people for it, especially people who do not have control over it. Right. Like, the people making it... I, I do not know... I cannot imagine that there is a single person working on that show that wants it to be delayed. Right. That wants to have to deal with, like, the whole outsourcing, like, breakdown and have to, like, work day and night and all of that just so they can get it out a week later. Like... Quality dropping sucks. We've seen it happen in a number of animes because of crunch and all sorts of things. But, you know, these, you know, it's art that we get to enjoy and it's like 20 minutes of our lives. But like, I, regardless, I don't want it to be at the expense of the creator's lives just because they're pushing themselves so hard. So yeah. like, chill out. You can wait a week. You'll be fine. And I think a lot of this is also born out of the fact that a lot of people don't fully understand how anime is made and that is something we actually have planned for a future episode but just to like break it down to you like really quick like the reason why things like this happen this is because like when a studio takes on an anime they don't do all of it there's yeah. no possible way one studio can make an entire season of anime and have it come out on time so what they do is they break it up into chunks they outsource it to other studios mm -hmm. who they may or may not already have an affiliate relationship with and this is kind of where you get, like, do you remember a, a while back, I forget the name of the anime, but it had the, that scene of the guy laying on the bed, and it was, like, comically badly drawn. Yeah, it's uh, Seven it Deadly Sins. Oh, Seven Deadly Sins, yeah. yeah. The uh, reason, it also happened with Dragon Ball Super, too. Yeah, and what those are called, those are called in-between cuts. So those are, like, the, the main animators will draw, like, the main chunks of the art, and then they would outsource the movement bits in the middle to other animation studios, and sometimes they yeah, don't the do their Yeah, the other studio well. will get you from point A to point B. A Exactly. Basically. And then sometimes they don't do their job well, and then you either end up with cuts like that, which get memed to death on the internet, yeah. or you end up with a delay which people complain about forever. Personally, I would rather have a delay. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it, people people don't typically, don't, don't understand how this stuff works, and that's why they get so worked up about it. And, you know, I think it, it would behoove all of us to kind of understand a little bit more about how this art form is created and how it works and to be more understanding about the people who are involved in its creation. Well, and also just, like, just think before you post stuff online, right? Like, you know, 
if you're upset, don't go attacking, you know, the the people who are trying to give you what you want, yeah. right? But also, don't be Attack upset. Attack the industry. <laughs> you know, be like, get these people paid more. Yeah. You but know? also, don't be upset. Like, it was literally, it was like less than a week. Like, it was such a, like, the, the what was funny about it is that we didn't even realize that this was a, the reason why. Like, we went to go watch it, and then we're like, oh, it's not out this week. I guess they skipped a week. Like, we didn't even, like... Yeah, I, I figured there was, thing. like, you know, a baseball game or something that, yeah. like, cut in. <laughs> like, it, it doesn't have to be this whole big thing. Like, okay, you wait an extra week. Like, geez. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> moving on. Moving on to something a, a little bit lighter. Um, the first Chainsaw... Uh, <laughs> words. <laughs> Chainsaw Man teaser dropped. Um, Best Boy Justin, have you had a chance to watch it yet? No, I haven't. Okay. If... After this episode, I'm going to put it on for you. Um, I have not read the manga myself. Uh, I just know it's going to be something that I love because that's what it seems like. Um, it seems to have this... It seems to be kind of the next logical progression in this kind of darker um, era of shonen battle anime that we're entering into. Um, where you you kind of went from like demon slayer to jujitsu kaisen i think like chainsaw man is going to be the next kind of step forward with that yeah i mean i've heard really good things about um about chainsaw man and i am like based on what i know about the story i'm definitely interested in it um i just i just haven't had a chance to watch it there's so much stuff going on right now and like and we already have the summer season already <laughs> upon us so it's oh, it, came it is quick. now the best boys crunch time 2021 to get is that flying by it is yeah but it is now crunch time for the best boys to get that summer 2021 <laughs> episode out which is luckily not as stacked as the past yeah two seasons have been. Uh, I, there's but, there's a couple really good shows coming up but i think this will also be a time for us to catch up too yeah. um I also want to swing back to uh, something that we brought up earlier uh, that I told you we were going to talk about and that the Fruits Basket anime has revealed that there is going to be a new anime about Toru's parents uh, and also a stage play in 2022. Hell yeah. Um, which, first off, stage play of Fruits Basket very interesting. Uh, we discussed on another episode about how there's actually a lot of plays of anime, which I think is very interesting. I really want to go see now, um, especially the Demon Slayer one. That just sounds yeah, that wild. one's really good. Um, oh, I don't need to understand anything to <laughs> to enjoy that. I'm sure. Um, but TMS Entertainment is going to be doing it again, uh, and it's um, going to be a new ad- anime adaptation of Natsuki Takaya's. Uh, Fruits Basket manga announced on Tuesday, and that series is going to get a uh, 2022 uh, anime titled Kyoko and Katsuya's Story. The anime will center on the backstory of Toru's parents, Kyoko and Katsuya. Um, the anim- Fruits Baskets, which aired in 2019 through 2021. Uh, the website did not list the format or the length of the anime, um, and it will also inspire that stage play that's also coming out the same year. Nice. Yeah, I don't have too much to say about this, but uh, more anime is a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so speaking of more anime, what about less anime? <laughs> <laughs> Netflix India has removed its listing for the anime of Shinya Umemura, Ajichika, and Takumi Fukui's Record of Ragnarok manga. Uh, the streaming platform had listed the anime for release in India on June 17th alongside its worldwide debut. Now, 
For those of you who only get your anime news from memes and also from this fine podcast, uh, Record of Ragnarok is the anime from the meme of the goddess with the two dudes behind her holding up her breasts as she walks. Um, if you're on Reddit, if you're on anime Reddit at all, you've seen this this image. Um, but the uh, the manga depicts a character based on the Hindu deity Lord Shiva, as well as characters based on other figures from Hindu mythology, Greek mythology, the Bible, and Japanese history. Uh, Viz Media will begin uh, publishing the manga in English this fall. Um, but U.S. Hindu act- uh, activist Rajan Zed had made a statement on March 21st urging Warner Brothers Japan to not tri- trivialize Hindu deity Lord Shiva in the anime. According to Zed, in early June, Netflix had refused to remove the anime from its catalog, stating in an email to him that we at Netflix respect all religions, communities, and their cultures and traditions. Uh, the stories that are on our service are not intended to be disrespectful or hurt the sentiments of any community or group. The anime is currently streaming on Netflix in the United States. Um, but, you know, Section two, uh, 295A of the Indian Penal Code outlaws outraging the religious feelings of any class of citizens of India with deliberate and malicious intention. And the Ministry of Electronics and Information Technology in India issued the Information Technology Guidelines for Intermediaries and Digital Media Ethics Code Rules 2021. They need a better title for that. Um, I think it's fine. Uh, I think we should workshop <laughs> it. Uh, on February 25th, uh, the guidelines deliver a framework for regulating online streaming platforms uh, or over the set top media platforms in India. And guidelines hold intermediaries such as social media websites and online streaming platforms liable in any proceedings relating to the uh, any relevant third-party information, data, or communication link made available or hosted by that intermediary where he fails to ensure that such intermediary observes the due diligence while discharging its duties under the act. Um, and lay out a three-tier framework that necessitates the appointment of grievance officers. Now, all what all I that means... <laughs> what all that means is that, like... It's maybe not a great idea for Netflix to put out an anime that has anything to do with, you know, Hindu gods. Um, I have thoughts about it, too, but I would love to hear yours first. So there's two sides to this. One is, like, obviously you don't want to, like, insult anyone's, like, religion or, or anything about them, right? At the same time, I'm just not a fan of censorship right. uh, in general, um, but really more than anything else, uh, this show, it's not a good show. <laughs> like, yeah, like it, it kind of is moot in my opinion. Like it's record of Ragnarok. Like who cares? <laughs> like it has a character who uses, uh, like Unix as a bra. Yeah. And I mean, here's the thing, like. Is Record of Ragnarok a good anime? No. I don't, like, from what I know about it, no. I watched like, half an episode. No. I also, no. <laughs> I also don't think it should be, like, I feel like it should be, people should have the opportunity to judge that for themselves, rather than to have the government decide that for them. Yeah. You know, like, like, sure, like, maybe Record of Ragnarok sucks, but maybe I want to watch it to understand where the memes come from. Like... <laughs> I don't know. And like I also I guess like yes, you don't want to you don't want to offend people's religion, but like also like if your religion is like if you're if if Harry you're, Potter offends some yeah. people's religion, like that is a slippery slope. It, if it offends your religion and you're religious, then don't watch it. Like yeah. You know, like that's that's really that's all I have. I don't believe in Skymen. So like, you know, my my whole thing is I don't care. But like if it offends you, don't like don't 
Yeah. Cooper, tell him. Yeah. <laughs> don't watch it then, Carlos. No, but like I, I don't I don't want to trivialize it like Obviously, there are some questions about, like, cultural appropriation and whatnot. But at the end of the day, we're not going to finish this section, are we? (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) best boy Carlos is very, very upset about, uh, about the censorship in India. We're going to deal with this, and we will be right back. Now that we have taken care of the intruder that Best Boy Carlos alerted us to, uh, and we've finished burying the body, uh, we can jump into my favorite story of this episode. I, I You're not ready, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, Love is Fried Chicken is the name of the article. Uh, and it is talking about how Kaguya-sama and KFC's Twitter accounts have been exchanging memes. And it is just... The most adorable thing ever. If you have been on the internet, hopefully you have seen the meme of Chica and Colonel Sanders in a car together. It's wonderful. But basically, on June 11th, KFC's uh, Spanish Twitter account went viral when it posted an image of Colonel Sanders and uh, Chica from Kaguya-sama Love is War uh, together in the back of a fancy car. Two weeks later, Kaguya-sama's official Twitter account made a nod to the meme by posting an image of Chica Acrylic stand next to a KFC box. The genius who runs KFC Spain's Twitter account then responded with an image of Colonel Sanders blowing a kiss from the I Love You Colonel Sanders anime dating sim game, which definitely exists and I definitely own. So <laughs> You own it? Of course I do. Of course you do. I don't know why I even asked that. Of course you own it. Of course I'm going to play a, a Colonel Sanders eroge. <laughs> um, but I there is nothing I don't love about this story <laughs> i mean this story is great is two of my favorite things fried chicken and anime so yeah like, it's uh, there needs to be more crossovers like I, this <laughs> it is my sincerest hope that there is behind the scenes right now a collaboration between kaguya sama and kfc oh, my God, so like yes. it'll be like the bts meal but actually good yeah yeah i just offended every K- k-pop fan you know the bts meal is made with real bits of bts meat yeah <laughs> um but yeah, speaking of things that are made with real BT... No, we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> the Funimation online shop will debut a premium leather jacket inspired by the Akira cre- uh, character Kaneda on July 13th. Only 300 jackets will be available for purchase in North America, and they are uh, $450 each. They look sick. They though. really do. Like I highly encourage all you best buds to listen... to Not listen. To go take a look at this jacket, because it is fire. Uh, the only thing is it is for sure not available in my size and I am not spending $450 on it. So oh, it's so good. Though. Oh, it is really good. It's like, it is real leather and all of that too. Of course it is. I mean, at $450, it better be real leather. Yep. Uh, up next, 86 Sci-Fi War Anime Season 2 teaser announces an October premiere. I know best boy Justin is very excited about this. Yeah, I am. Um, so basically the whole story is what Dan just said. Um, (laughs) but, uh, it's going to be premiering in October. Um, I'm really excited for it. And I was like thinking to myself, like when I watched the end of, um, of, uh, 86 from this season, I was like, if they don't do a, if they don't do a second season of this, I'm going to let everything on fire. Yeah. Um, because it left on like a pretty, like a fairly large cliffhanger. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware, 86, it's a, uh, it's a sci-fi war, um, anime basically about like, um, mecha anime yeah it's a mecha anime and it involves like this country 
and they're fighting against like this mechanized foe and basically their whole thing is like we are able to fight these people with these drones that we have and no human lives are lost because you know we've developed this technology but in actual fact there is no drone technology and uh, the drones quote unquote are basically undesirables from their uh, from their uh, society that are piloting mechas fighting these um these robots and they're called the 86 which basically refers to like there are 85 districts in this uh city that they live in and the 86th is where like all of the um basically they 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 consider them to be inhumans uh live uh and they're basically people who don't have silver hair and like silver eyes and you can draw whatever parables yeah. to, <laughs> to real life about that that, what you that like um but the show is really good. It has a very compelling and engaging storyline. The uh, it has a lot to say about like you know the current climate of drone warfare and you know the cost in human lives of this uh, of the way that we wage wars today. And then in, you know uh, you know in less of if you don't want to get too deep into it, it's just a really good mecha show. Um, so you know give it a shot if, you, if, that, if anything I just said interests you. Definitely take a look at it. Uh, I just saw the next. Uh thing on this list and i i did not know about it until i just read it i'm oh, so yeah, excited I snuck, about I this snuck this one in you on snuck you. this one in on me i'm so excited okay best buds columbia pictures has ordered a film script of the maiden abyss manga hell yeah uh maybe less like rulers up children's butts for the actual live action um, maybe l- less of everything up <laughs> everyone's butts for the live action preferably um but the entertainment industry news source deadline reported on friday that sony columbia pictures has ordered a feature film script of akihito Sukushi's Tsukushi, yeah. uh dark fantasy adventure manga made in abyss from the writer and director kevin mccollum oh nice uh mick mick mullen sorry um roy lee vertigo's uh entertainment and mobius productions masi oka um heroes hero nakamura actor oh i remember masi oka yeah um save the cheerleader save the world you know all that um are producing the project after previously collaborating on the 2017 death note film yeah <clears throat> and re- there's more to that read yep. the rest of it as well as its planned sequel oh no yeah <laughs> what yeah what Justin, oh, man. best boy justin you can't drop these bombs on me oh I thought my you knew god about that. yeah they're planning a sequel they're making that. a sequel of i watched the first 20 minutes of that and then i cried in my i watched for three days. the whole thing also here's a fun fact for you best buds out there the live action death note was actually my first introduction to death note Fuck. i saw the live action before i watched the show it's so bad yeah it's real bad. so bad oh my god <sighs> There's more, though. Okay. The the Promise Neverland series is in development at Amazon, which I'm excited about, but, like, season two just burned me so bad. Yeah. Um, Additionally, the second uh, television season titled Made in Abyss, The Sun Blazes Upon the Golden City, will air next year, and that I'm super excited about, too. Absolutely. So, going back to a sadder note, um, Phyllis uh, Sampler has passed away. Um, She was the English voice of Mimi and Cody from Digimon uh, and also Coromon. 
Uh, you might also have recognized her voice from Old Toph in Legend of Korra, or Goten, uh, or Kid Goku from Dragon Ball Super. Basically, she's been around for, for a while in the uh, anime industry as an English voice actor, so just uh, sad to lose someone. Yeah, pour one out for a real one. Um, you know, we're always sorry to see people uh, passing, but, you know, we try to we try to give them at least a little bit of a, a shout-out as we can on the show. Um, but this isn't really that kind of show, too. We're not going to do a retrospective, are we? No. Okay. Um, but uh, moving on on this one, uh, an official website opened on Wednesday for the television anime of Soichiro Yamamoto's When Will Ayumu Make His Move manga, and it reveals that the anime will debut in July 2022 on TBS and other stations. Um, so for those of you who don't know, which is probably a lot of you, this is not a super mainstream manga, but it jumped out at me immediately because it's one that I do actually read. Um, this is a manga about uh, two, two high school children. Um, one of them, the girl, she's older. She's like the president of the shogi club in her school. And her kohai, her junior, um, who was in the uh, judo club in middle school, but when he joined, when he moves to high school, he actually joins the uh, shogi club so that he can be closer to her because he has a huge crush on her. Um, and basically, his whole thing is that he will, once he can finally beat her in a game of shogi, ask her out. Um, but what he doesn't know is that she also likes him. Um, so you know, this is your typical rom com with like a kind of shogi twist to it. Um, it's super interesting. It's really I can't fun. Wait for the March comes in like a lion crossover. Oh God! It'll be, no, it is. This is okay. And, and there was our obligatory March comes in like a lion we reference. Got it. No, so this is March comes in like a lion. If you don't want to be sad, oh okay. <laughs> if you just want the shogi, but not yeah. The if you want the shogi and the romance, but not the sad, um, here's your show. Um, but uh, uh, Mirai Minato from Bofuri is directing the anime at Silverlink. We love Silverlink. Oh, Bofuri. Yeah, Bofuri's so good. Uh, Deko Akayo uh, from Pokemon Journeys and Norigami is in charge of the series scripts. And Kazuya Hirata, from, also from Bofuri, is designing the characters. So like I'm really glad for that, that because the characters from Bofuri were really, yeah, really they good. Yeah, great. And also, like, uh, you know, I highly encourage you guys to just take a look at the art style of this manga. Um, whenever you get a chance, because the art style is really, really unique. So I'm, I'm hoping for some interesting character designs uh, on that front. Um, but overall, I think this is gonna this is gonna be a big one. It's gonna be good. Um, if you guys have been you know paying attention to the recommendations, if you're rom com fans, if you're uh, if you're so inclined and you've been following the recommendations I've been giving out, this is gonna be another one of mine. Um, so when this one does come out, which I think it, you know it said July 2022, so we got a little while yet. We're gonna get some more news in the meantime. But uh, definitely keep your eyes open for this one. It's going to be good. Yeah. Uh, so, as of July 9th, which will uh, have passed for you best buds listening to this, uh, the Tokyo Revengers live-action film has opened in Japan. Uh, it was originally slated to release in Japan on October 9th of last year. Um, but this little thing, I don't know if any of you have heard of it, COVID-19 happened. Oh my god, really? What? Yeah, yeah. I, it, you know, it's probably not affected you at all. But yeah. um, it did push back this film uh, till now, which is interesting because it would have aired before the anime had. I think, been... which was the original idea. Yeah. But also, a side note, it's not listed on the, the news doc that we have, but it is just something I've become aware of today. Um, there has been issued another COVID-19 state of emergency in Tokyo. So this is going to be number four. Um, they're not letting, uh, uh, 
people watch the Olympics in person. Which, to be entirely honest with you, I love the Olympics. They probably should have postponed it again. Yeah. Well. That's just my thoughts on the matter. But they don't ever ask me. <laughs> they probably should have. They probably should have. And they should probably read the emails that I send them every day. Um, what I will say is that uh, we were t- actually talking about this the other day. Um, but in terms of live action adaptations, this is really the first one that I've heard of that I was like, oh, this makes total sense. Because, Absolutely. like, this story is so strong, and I think that it would really, really lend itself well. Like, a lot of the problems I've had with live-action anime film adaptations has just been I don't think they've picked the right animes, right? Yeah. Like, you know, uh, Attack on Titan is just ridiculous. Like, It's and, just all CG. Yeah, and and to have that as an anime, like, it, it, it uses anime to its fullest right like that is why it is so good because it is such a perfect representation of that you know style of of content um but this particular story i think could be told in so many different ways and i think a live action version of it makes total sense right and absolutely and it's a perfect opportunity to have some really interesting choreography some good fight Mm -hmm. scenes the hair is going to be amazing. Oh, I hope yeah. I hope whoever they have... The costume designs. Yeah, whoever they have doing the hair for this show, I hope they never have to work again in their <laughs> yeah. life because this is going to be a tough one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm, I would really like to see this one. I think, you know, we were talking last episode about, like, when are we going to get the anime movie that shows us that anime movies can be a thing? I don't know if this is going to be <laughs> it, but it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's it's one that I, like I hope it'll show up on like Netflix or something and we'll be able to actually watch it. Yeah, but speaking of things that I hope we'll actually be able to watch, uh, the official website for the Rising of the Shield Hero two, the second season of the Rising of the Shield Hero television anime series, has announced on Thursday that the anime's premiere date is delayed to April twenty twenty two. This one hurts. Ooh. This one hurts a lot. Um, the anime was initially slated to premiere in October 2021, with Crunchyroll also slated to stream the anime alongside the Japanese airing. Uh, I'm bummed out about this one. I really like Shield Hero. I want to see more of this weird pseudo family. Yeah, it, it's it's listen, it's a complicated story, and it, <laughs> you know, we could talk about it all day long. But at the end of the day, it's a really good show, and I'm sad to see that it's been delayed. But I hope that the delay means that they're actually going to take some time and do it right. I wonder how many seasons until the Shield Hero has risen. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll, we'll probably find out. <laughs> we'll find out in 2022. Yeah, at least one more, maybe. Uh, and we're going to wrap things up today with a wild story. We got some crime <laughs> news. <laughs> oh, yay, we get to use the crime news bumper. Put in the crime news bumper. So, uh, guys, you're not going to believe this, but uh, the studio behind Demon Slayer has been indicted for tax evasion. That's uh, UFO table, ufotable. Ufotable. I I don't think we landed on a way to to pronounce that. However you choose to pronounce it. I I prefer ufotable. I think ufotable is a good one. Um, UFO table has too many syllables. Yeah. Um, but basically Tokyo prosecutors have indicted, uh, anime studio Ufotable and its founder, uh, Hikaru Kondo for evading around 1.2 million in taxes. Which, okay, can I just like jump in here? That's not like a lot, but it's also not a little. It's, it's like tax evasion. (laughs) Okay. So this is Japan. This is how tax evasion happens in Japan. In America, when we talk about tax evasion, we're talking about like billions. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, but, uh, you know, it's... <laughs> maybe not a lesson for anyone else in the world to learn from us. Yeah, though. like, I'm, listen, I'm not saying tax fraud is okay. I'm just saying it's not the worst tax fraud that I mean, ever was. still, but, like... Yeah. Don't do anyway. tax fraud, best buds. <laughs> uh, NHK and ANN News uh, reports that between 2015 and 2018, the studio and Konda hit around $4 million in company earnings, according to sources. The president had a secret stash of cash at home in a personal safe. Which don't we all? Where's your safe? Hmm? Wouldn't you like to know? I would. <laughs> I have. Uh, we've safe. been watching a lot of lockpicking lawyer. <laughs> I've, I've been hiding a safe in Studio WEEB. Um, charges were filed last year against the studio in Konda with allegations violating Japanese corporate and consumption tax laws. The charges allege that the studio underreported the income and sales earned from Ufotable-owned anime cafes. Uh, at the time, GG Press reported that the studio apologized, stating, We are committed to complying with the law and conducting appropriate operations to create an environment to make sustainable, better works. Listen, <laughs> there's going to be an uprising if there's a delay to Demon Slayer Season 2. <laughs> Listen, do all the tax fraud you want, but if you delay Demon Slayer Season 2, we will burn this motherfucker <laughs> to the ground. Um, yeah, that, that's... I, that's a perfect note to leave that on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, what do you think, Best Buds? How are you committing tax fraud these days? What are you watching? Oh, that's a really bad... Don't tell us how you're committing tax... Listen, if do you not, tell us if, how to... Do not make us implicated if in If you your tell fraud. us how to do it, that makes us accomplices, and we don't want to be that. But do let us know what you're watching. What are you interested in? You know, do you, do you want to buy the next KFC Chica crossover? Hell yeah. You know, four-piece chicken box. Hit us up. Uh, you can hit us up by email at thebestboyspod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter and Instagram at bestboys underscore pod. And I think that brings us right into our main story for today. <laughs> Welcome to the meat and potatoes. So is that the new phrase for this part of the show? Because I like it, and that's how I refer to it <laughs> informally, but... I think it is. Okay, I think cool. it has officially become the meat and potatoes. Awesome. Um, well, at some point, we'll come up with, like, an official meat and potatoes jingle. Um, but right now, I'm sure uh, editor Best Boy Dan dropped in some super sweet I anime OP. Oh, great. Now he's going to do the whole thing again. <laughs> Hey there, Editor Best Boy Dan here. I got you, fam. All right, now that that's done with, um, <laughs> uh, let's get into uh, a little bit of the history of the OP and the ED. So for those of you who do not know, OP and ED is referencing the opening and the ending songs that pretty much go with every anime mm -hmm. um unless they decide not to have it that particular episode but which happens it's it's usually a pretty safe bet that you're gonna have about a minute and a half opening and ending in any given anime so one of to be honest one of the biggest reasons for this is to pad anime's runtime so this kind of traces way back into the history when like everyone there was no computer animation and every single cell was drawn by hand um 
you know, production techniques have gotten a lot better over the years. But back in the day, p there were people just drawing all this stuff out. Yep. Um, and you had to pay people to draw and, every and cell. And you had to pay people to draw every single cell. Um, and a lot of it wasn't outsourced to places where they yeah, could. This was back when you much did. Less. Yeah, this was back when uh, one studio did make a everything. whole lot of so one of the the ways that they would kind of make it easy on themselves is by having all of these sorts of like repackageable things. So the opening and the ending were a quick, easy thing that you can knock three minutes off of your runtime right there, right? Because you need, what, about 24 minutes for a 30-minute episode? Right, because you got commercials. commercials. And, yeah. Three minutes off of that, boom, you're at 21 minutes. It, uh, kind of some of the other things that you can think about that... Uh, a representational of this sort of way of making anime is uh, if you think of all of the transformations in Sailor Moon or mm -hmm. Digimon is like so bad about it. like every time a Digimon evolves like they go through the whole like evolution sequence that they make once yeah and then they just use it over and over and over again another term for this uh, for those of you who are more familiar with like western style filmmaking is b-roll yeah <laughs> um but you know, they'll you'll see it a lot in like Dragon Ball Z as well, where yeah. they'll just kind of like reuse the same kind of chunk of fight sequence uh, or things like that. You also find a lot in Gundam or also Transformers for those of you who are more interested in Western animation. Transformers, it happens all the time. Oh, yeah. So it's basically it has started out as just a way to kind of pad the runtime. In the kind of community since then, it has just kind of become a thing. While Western media has kind of shied away from longer opening sequences, um, I always think of like Lost as kind of the perfect example. That's yeah. that, To me, that's when I or, feel like it started turning to where it was just like, you know, a flash of a title card with like a sound behind it or a jingle. So to me, there are two like Western shows that kind of embody this. And that is the first one is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where you just have the, the cheeky title card card with the weird like elevator music playing mm. in the background and then there's also 24 where you just have a clock and it just <laughs> yeah. going tink 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 yeah tink and then jack bauer bites somebody's esophagus out or however that show works <laughs> pretty much um but it is something that is carried on I, I think probably because of animation still like it keeps yeah. the runtime down but in the community it's become a thing like we have an episode about it, so it's obviously a thing. Yeah. Um, because it's, if it's not a thing, the best boys won't do an episode about it. Exactly. But, uh, I mean, you have even YouTube creators who have made, like, names off of it. So one of my favorite um, YouTubers is Mother's Basement, who does really great, like, deep dives into anime. And one of the things that he likes to do a lot is, like, what makes an OP. And he will deep dive into, like you know, kind of what makes it good, the art style, the music, how it all works together, how it tells the story, all that sort of stuff. So it, it is something that you will find weebs arguing about for years on end. Yeah. Also, we love Mother's Basement. If you're listening, do a collab with us because we love you. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so like one of the, one of the things that I wanted to talk about, like as long as we're talking about like the history of the OP and the ED, and this isn't, 
for any reason other than the fact that it gives me another opportunity to talk about Gundam and you have to listen to me. Um, it's just the... He, for those of you who don't know, Best Boy Justin made direct eye contact I did. with I me. Made, he was like, you I have made to direct to me. and aggressive eye contact with Best Boy Dan because this is why I do this show. I know. Um, but no. Um, it's because I, of the... I already accomplished my mission. I made you watch Domestic Girlfriend. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna probably watch High School DxD or at least the first season of it for the next anime was a mistake episode. So there's that. I, either that or Arrow Manga Sensei. Oh, you know what? Actually, I want to do that. We're we're calling it now. We're doing Arrow Manga Sensei oh, for the next fucked up anime episode. Oh God. We're doing it. We're doing it, and it's gonna happen before the end of the summer. I said it on mic, so we're, now it has to happen. Okay, but we're gonna do a good anime first. Okay. <laughs> um, maybe ReZero. But anyway, um. The reason I wanted to talk about Gundam is just, like, because I wanted to, like, maybe give you guys an, an, an opportunity to listen in on how far anime OPs have come. So I'm going to let editor Best Boy Dan play the first couple, you know, the couple seconds out of the Gundam, the original Mobile Suit Gundam OP, so that you can hear what it was like. So that was wild. Um, I remember, I remember, so I was editing, um, or editor Best Boy Dan was editing the, um, the Gundam episode, which again, if you haven't watched, uh, or listened to, it is one of my favorites. Just a lot of work went into that one. Um, check it out. Um, but I, so the way I had kind of edited it all together was that, uh, whenever we talk about one of the different timelines, I always start with the opening from the first show of that timeline. And so I was pulling the opening from the original Gundam, and I was like, what the hell am I listening to? <laughs> and, like, it's wild, because it's basically, it's like a ballad. Oh, yeah. And, like, you just have this old dude going, Gundamu. <laughs> but it's, like, it's so perfect for the time. And then, and you, what's kind of cool, too, is you can see the evolution of Gundam anime's uh, openings over time. Yeah, and, like, it was wild to me, because, like, you know, I, I had come, when I when I had started watching uh, Mobile Suit Gundam for the first time, this was me coming off of, like, other Gundam shows like Gundam Seed and, like, you know, Gundam The Origin and even, like, Gundam Wing, where, like, the, the OPs are more, like, modern-ish and, like, good. Yeah. <laughs> well, so that actually leads into a, a good uh, topic. What, what do you think makes... A good OP or ED. So here's the thing: we put this we put this section in here specifically so that we could talk about how that that's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> we did it to bamboozle you, um, but you know there probably isn't a concrete way to define this, but we're sure gonna try. Um, and you know it varies from person to person. Uh, it varies on the genre. Shonen and shojo definitely have different things that make a good OP, and mm. this kind of leads into like what I was gonna say about Gundam like OPs is that like. For the most part, and I guess for mostly, like, OPs in general, most OPs that have, like, lyrics are sung by women. That's just a thing. So it is a little jarring to hear an OP sung by a man, especially the clearly old man who sings <laughs> the Mobile Suit Gundam OP. But, like, generally when you have, like, male OP singers, you get stuff like 
Lost in Paradise. Yeah. You get stuff like Mayday from you know from Fire Force on the heavier rock side of yeah. things. Um, Every once in a while, you might get like a shoujo slow jam, like sort of. Yeah, thing. like a yeah, but then like you, and then you'll also get stuff like Tokyo Revengers, which yeah. is kind of in a genre all in and of itself. Yeah, but um, you know, generally for the genre, it's important to have a certain feel to it. So like sometimes you want something like super hype. Like sometimes you want yeah. something like a Hajimino Ippo, like something where like that gets you like ready for the fight. Or like sometimes like you want something really catchy, which is what we got with, you know, Lost in Paradise. Um, well, so to me what I think about is like uh, Fruits Basket's a, a great example of they're they're kind of like these like softer, melancholy, like ballad songs. And that fits the show very well, right? It sets up the kind of mood for it. Um, it, it feels very much in the world of the show. Like, if you opened Fruits Basket with, like, the Agretzko opening, like, death metal, like, it would feel super out of place. Yeah. Uh, and, and I kind of feel that way in reverse, too. Like, with a lot of EDs, um, even in, like, shonen shows, they'll kind of go, like, the slow, sad route with mm -hmm. them. Sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. which, to me, feels out of place. Like, I, like... I like the ones that are, like, fun bops. Like, if, yeah. if it's my Shonen Battle show, like, I want it to be, like, upbeat, energetic, like, you know, gear up. Like, that sort of thing. Which is also, like, what I like about, like, I, I, I hate to continue talking about memes on an audio medium. But, like, <laughs> um, one of my favorite memes is, like, when you have the, the, the contrast between OPs and EDs, where, like, you have the OP, which is, like, Kermit the Frog with a machine gun. <laughs> and then, like, the ED is, like, Kermit the Frog sadly drinking a cup of tea. And, like, so you end up with that kind kind of thing but like you know it, it, sometimes like you you get a more mellow atmosphere and it just works better so like yeah. an example like i think of off the top of my head is super cub super cub has like a kind of like a kind of a mellower op but it really works for the show mm -hmm. you know so it's not always about hyping everything up sometimes it's really what complements the show is what works and, and like and especially for like slice of life stuff like a lot of it is like they're happy stories, so they're happy songs that play alongside yeah. of it. Kobayashi's Dragon Maid is a perfect example. Yeah, it's of upbeat, that. it's boppy, yeah, it's, it's very kawaii, like yeah, all that especially sort of stuff. and like the other thing that we're gonna talk about, and we're gonna you know we're gonna talk about it briefly because it's not the main thing, but like the visuals, generally like they tie everything together. Make no mistake, the music is the most important element of an OP mm -hmm. and an ED, but the visuals definitely help tie things together. Like, you know, we're just talking about Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. And I'm going to talk, you were talking about the OP, but I'm going to talk about the ED so, for a second. perfect example, real quick what? interruption, perfect example of uh, visuals not matching the show is Tower of God. That had a great opening, but the visuals were just, like, really boring. They, yeah, like, they didn't were. really tell us much of the story. <clears throat> And you can you can go on YouTube right now and find fan versions where they've cut like recut elements from the show into uh, a different like visuals for that OP, and it's way better. Yeah, but like I was saying, for for you know for something like Dragon Maid, um, you have the, this really interesting ED, but then you also have the visuals with like the characters, and they're all kind of floating and spinning. And, like, you get to see not just the main character, but you see all the side characters. Like, you see, like, the guy who runs the stall at the market and, like, mm -hmm. the people that the like, Kobayashi works with and the <clears throat> neighbors. And, like, people that you don't generally see every single episode, but they're still present in the ED. And it reminds you of the expanded universe of the show. Um, Sometimes uh, OPs and EDs will also have, like, 
they're kind of mysteries in and of themselves. Those are my personal favorites. So with Tokyo Revengers, one yeah. of the things that we've been doing is like, you know, you always look for like who the big bad is in the opening. Yeah. Right? Cause and they'll usually have, clues. you know, like, you know, a silhouette of the demon Lord or something like in it and, or they'll give clues to like the show. So if you're not familiar with the story, you can kind of be like, Oh, you know, like, are we going to see that character soon? Like, or especially in uh, shows where they're like building up a team of people. Um, so um, uh, uh, I've been killing slime for 300 years is a great example of that. Yep. Like almost every episode for the first six, seven, eight episodes introduces a new character. I mean, almost the entire season. Yeah. Um, but like, as you're watching the OP, you're like, I know that character, that character, who's that character? And then you get like excited. You're like, oh, I remember them from the, the opening. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, yeah. 300 Slimes is definitely a really good example of this. And so is Tokyo Revengers because there are a lot of clues to the story yeah. that are present. Tokyo like, Revengers we, especially. I love When we were, we were catching up on Tokyo <clears throat> Revengers together and like the whole time, like we were like, like, okay, I remember this one thing about the OP and like it hasn't happened yet. So like when are we going to get some insight and like we all had like different theories about like yeah. when this would come to, to pass and we were all wrong <laughs> so like you know this is really yeah. interesting. it really caught us off guard it really did because it was way lamer than what we thought it was gonna be I, you know what i kind of loved it though no it was good okay. when we watched so, it but it wasn't as lame as we thought it would be so I'll, we'll tell you what the scene in the op is yeah and then you can make it the decision for yourself so this will be a fun exercise if you choose to watch tokyo revengers which i would highly recommend Watch the OP and look for a scene where the main character uh, is staring down at his palm. Yeah. And and what he sees in his palm is what we're talking about because it comes up in the course of the show and we were guessing when when it would yeah when it would and how it would <laughs> and how it would yeah um but anyway you know as we're as we're talking about the visuals in, in an op and an ed uh in some shows especially the older ones they just kind of use b-roll animation with like extra sakuga as the visuals which is kind of disappointing like we you know here at the best boys our official opinion no uh we we kind of enjoy the more like well, tokyo or avengers style ops and eds that we were talking about or things that actually tie together the oh you know what had a really great ed uh, visual sequence Haremia with that little kind of claymation yeah. of Hori kind of going through her day that was really nice and it, it kind of really fit the feel of the yeah. show um Isaacin Isaacin had, had a really good visuals. one that didn't yeah. involve like a whole bunch of b-roll but you know it does still happen especially I think uh when we're talking about like modern stuff it happens a lot with shonen it happens a lot with battle anime where yeah. they'll just recycle scenes from fights um which you know whatever we don't like it but it's a I understand why they do it yeah um but i guess uh you know having talked about what makes a good op and ed uh we can kind of transition a little bit into some of the ops and eds that we think are good yeah um do you want to start us off with this list sure because the number one will shock you (laughs) yeah this is not exhaustive uh and it's it's not exhaustive and it's also not even particularly exertive like we just (laughs) we just threw some that we named that we came to mind that are good but if you're looking just for if you like ops if you have a playlist set up you know on your youtube account like i do or you want something to bop to while you're working out or whatever um all of these are great options and all have kind of um stood the test of time in their own way um but up front we have evangelion Thank you. 
which is, I think, arguably one of the best of all time. It's one of the greats. So, yeah. like, this one... It I would say actually top five, for sure. Easily, maybe even top three. So, like, Evangelion, like, this one, it's Cruel Angel's Thesis is the yeah. name of the song. Uh, I know that off the top of my head. It's not even on the not even on the <laughs> list. That's how you know how good it is. Yeah. Um, and this one, like, it has been done by orchestras. It has been done by choirs. Mm-hmm. Like, this is... First of all, just a good song. Yeah, the choir versions of this song are awesome. Yeah. Um, and, like, it's perfect. It's yeah. perfect. Evangelion is great, and this the OP from this show really ties it all together. So next up on our list, and you know we had to add this one on here. If you've been watching anime at all over the past, like, two or, like one or two decades, like, you know this is on the list. And it is, of course, Cowboy Bebop. Tank. Yeah, it's Tank. <laughs> This is great. It's the best. It's I, so good. This is the song, the, like, the first couple notes of this OP are the song that lets me know that anime is on. Yeah, like, listen, I, there are songs that I enjoy listening to more than Tank. Um, Especially even, because I've heard it so many times. But even like, on the Cowboy Bebop OST, yeah. there are better songs. But, you know... If I had to pick, I would say this is this is the best anime opening song. It yeah. is a classic. Anyone who hears it instantly knows what yeah. it is. Yeah, like if somebody broke into my room now and put a gun to my head, which they wouldn't because I have a bedroom machete and it wouldn't work. <laughs> but if they did that and they were like, what's the best anime OP? I'd be like, Tank from Cowboy Bebop, shit! And they'd be um, like, you were right. And they, yeah, and they, would, they would let me go. And I would also like win an island or whatever. Yeah. But like, no, this song is good. Like, you know, like we were saying, it's not even the best song on this OST, like, I can, off the top of my head, I can think of, like, two or three better ones, like Rush, Jupiter Jazz, yeah, um, you know, Venus Blues or whatever. But, like, this is the the premiere of what an OS, of what an OP should be. Yes. Like, it was the best. There's no way around it. Um, but there are one... some really good ones still left on the list. Yes. Now, this next one is probably the most popular one of all time. Yeah. Uh, and you that is it. the English version of the original Pokemon theme. I wanna be the very best like no one ever was. I mean, come on, who doesn't want to be the very best that ever was? Yeah, like this is like even if you don't watch anime, you know this. Song. Everyone knows this. Song. I mean if you pretend that you don't, you're lying and you're trying to be cool, but you're not cool because this yeah. song rocks. Um you know, it it's it's not a great song, but it is well it is not, like, one I would bop to. Uh, I would bop to it a little bit. I'm not going to lie. I'd bop to it a little bit. But, like, it, it it's just a classic. Like, everyone knows it. You know, it's, you know, it, there's no replacing it. No. Um, yeah, this is good. It's like like I said about Cowboy Bebop, this is one of the songs that, like, when I hear it in my little lizard brain, like my involuntary brain in the back of my <laughs> skull, I hear, oh, anime's on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, the next one uh it isn't just one. It's really most almost, most almost every one of them. Yeah. Uh, Attack on Titan has just been crushing it on OPs.
Yeah, I mean, Attack on Titan is fantastic in general. OP's strong. Yeah. Like even even the first the, one is like the classic. The first one is the classic, of. but also like the the Dark Horse is the most recent one. Like yeah. the, the the most like, recent one's great. I still listen to that from time to time. Again, I'm gonna talk about memes on an audio medium. But like the one that you sent me when the when the season <laughs> the first started, dancing. the little girl dancing. First of all, that little girl was me. So like when when this when this song like when the the most recent season of Attack on Titan came out and I heard the song, it's like oh hell yeah. And then like I was watching the the like the visuals from the OP are really really good oh, too. So, so like, you get this like you you get this like like the only way I can describe it is war. Like this, this season of of uh, Attack on Titan is about war, and you know that from the OP. It does such a good job of like giving you that information. Of, like, hey, the like the past episodes, like the past um, season of Attack on Titan, they're kind of about survival and betrayal, and you know, and like learning more about the wider world. This season of Attack on Titan is about war, and you know that mm-hmm. from the OP. And I think that's one of the ver- most very important things about. The Attack on Titan OPs is that they tell you what your what this phase of the story is about, you know, mm. and they and they also tend to not reveal much in them. Yeah, a lot especially of people... for a show that's like all about like reveals. Yeah, um, they're more about like aesthetic images and themes. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people do complain about like quote unquote spoilers in the OP and EDs. I disagree with that a little bit. I think, you know, having a little bit of the element of the story in the OP can be a good thing. But I also understand where they're coming from on this one. And, like, so from Attack on Titan, you don't have to worry about that too much. Um, But, uh, you know, one of my most, like, modern favorites uh, along the lines of uh, the most recent Attack on Titan is Fire Force. Fire Force has really great OPs. Oh, yeah. Um, The first, their their OP number one, Inferno, which is the one with all the piano, which we're going to play... Right here. Was really good. Inspired a bunch of memes on Reddit. And we were talking about memes all day today. But um, it was really, really good. But my favorite OP is Mayday. And I believe this was OP2 for them. Um, this one is actually on my workout playlist. This song is, like, as a standalone song, really, really good. Um, it's one of the more, like, kind of, like, more of, like, a heavier metal kind of, uh, like, J-Rock theme song. Um, it is what the what we kind of wanted to emulate a little bit when we were talking about the new OP for the Best Boys podcast. We were oh, trying to move it more. We're going to talk, yeah, talk about a little more meta, meta conversation here. Yeah. yeah. So my thought process on it um, was uh, I was really inspired by the opening from uh, those Snow White notes for the first five episodes. Yeah. Um, but in general, I the way that I kind of, if we're getting into the meta of it, the way I kind of think about uh, our episodes is I always try and go as far away from whatever we have done as possible. Yeah. Um, so our first episode is kind of more on the like... Or our first OP is more on the, like, poppy side of, like, anime, which to me more feels like a Kobayashi sort of thing. Yeah, totally. Whereas now we've kind of moved into, I would say, like, Maybe not. Um, we're gonna like turn anime, but like sh- like shonen. Like I would say, this is this is our shonen yeah. op. We're we're at a tournament arc here in the Best Boys now. Yeah, um, get ready for it. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but you know, one of another classic. Like we've we've talked about a couple classics, but this is another one, especially for those of you who've been watching. You know, who grew up watching Toonami. Uh, and Midnight Run, you're definitely going to recognize this one. I'm not even going to have to tell you the name of it because you're going to recognize it as soon as it plays. And that is, of course, Just Wild Beat Communication from Gundam Wing. Again, I knew that off the top of my head. It wasn't on the dock, but because it's a part of my <laughs> childhood, I knew it. Um, this, like, you know, I, I said this already, and, like, I, and I'm not doing it to be annoying or to, like, coin a catchphrase or anything, but, like, this is a song that when it played in my head, my head went, anime is on now. So, like, this... Uh, well, it's, this is going on the Best Boys merch yeah, store. Come, <laughs> come find us at Anime NYC. We're going to be giving away t-shirts or whatever. But, like, you know, this, this, it's, it's a quintessential anime song. Like... Um, you have the noises. First of all, like it's not just about the music. The visuals are very important. But also you have the noises. Like so Gundam is kind of famous for its like noises that kind of span different timelines. So like you have the noise of the Gundam targeting system, you have the noise of like the Gundam's like like drawing weapons and moving and like shooting and stuff like that. And like that is all present in the background of this. If you OP. don't know what Best Boy Justin's talking about. Go listen to the Gundam episode. All yeah. those sound effects are present. Even even if you do know what I'm talking about, listen to the Gundam episode. <laughs> um, but, you know, it, it, it's just as important to kind of incorporate themes from the show as it is to just have a good song. And I think that this is a really good representation of that. Um, but, you know, speaking of kind of things that, like, are iconic. Like, oh, you know, yeah. we, like I've been saying, songs that tell you anime is on, this, this is a very important one. Uh, and what Best Boy Justin is referring to is the uh, two Naruto uh, openings in particular. The third one, Bluebird. Aoi, aoi, and the 16th one, Silhouette. Yes. If you have ever, because this is the meme episode too, apparently, if you have ever seen any, like, fan-made opening for an anime that, like, doesn't exist or, you know, something like... The one I always think of is the Bernie Sanders as an anime oh, uses God, this. Yeah. This is so um, good. <laughs> but Silhouette is, like the quintessential, like, um, like shonen, like, opening... Thing. You can put any visual to that song and it will rock as an OP. Yeah. Um, definitely, so, definitely worth checking out. Absolutely. And like this is, first, you know, for those of you who don't know, my entry, my experience with Naruto came to me as an older adult. So like I didn't watch Naruto as a teenager. I watched Naruto as like a, what was that, like 24, 25 year yeah, old? Yeah, I was... 22 when i watched it yeah so like you know this this doesn't have like the nostalgia factor to me this just has the factor of like me returning to to anime as an adult and kind of really enjoying it and like this you know bluebird like the first two ops were whatever but i remember bluebird is the one that sticks out to me like when i think of naruto this is the song that i think of um and i think that's that's also very important like what is what is the song that identifies the show to you Rain. Ah, oh, it's raining. 
It's raining. This is an ASMR podcast now. All right. Well, we're near the end, and we can't control the rain, so we're going to keep on going. Yes. Um, the this other thing... is an ASMR podcast <laughs> with Best Boy Dan and Best Boy Justin. Um, the the other thing I want to say about Silhouette is that it's performed by Kanaboon, um, who, if you haven't checked out, is a really cool band. Um, they There's a YouTube video um, from this Japanese site called The First Take, where they like get... like. Uh, artist to sing to um, like a song together and they just do it in one take and, and do it. Um, I would definitely rec- recommend checking out Kanaboon's performance with um, Nekri Taki. Um, they do like a crossover thing. Um, and the name of the song is Naimono Nedari. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All so right. Just. N-A-I-M-O-N-O-N-E-D-A-R-I. Check it out. It's an awesome song. Oh um, yeah, brother. Yeah. Uh, and since we can't really recommend... Um, uh, what? Oh, God. The people who sing Lost in Paradise anymore. Oh, Ollie? Ollie. Yeah. We can't really recommend Ollie anymore. We can. Go check out Conaboon. <laughs> we can. It's whatever. Um, but yeah. Uh, up Crime next is... Cool. is I, I, I'm not entirely sure, but I'm pretty sure that this show won the um best uh op for the first crunchyroll awards it might have and it is the opening to yuri on ice This song in particular has such a beautiful OP and is a perfect example of something that we haven't talked about with OPs. Um, sometimes they will change over the course of a show. Yes, and they will. one of the things that I love about the Yuri on Ice one is that it starts out as just this kind of like black and white drawing of this, um, you know, choreographed figure skating. And as the show progresses and kind of Yuri comes into his self and the uh, love between him and Victor Blossom, the color comes into the opening. It starts off as like kind of drops of paint and then splashes and it builds up in every single OP you see a little bit of progression through the entire first season. Um, and it's just a great song. Next one is Skate the Infinity. It's a great OP. Check it out. Uh, it's just, it's fun. It's very fun. Good, good colors, good, uh, uh, you know action to it uh very much captures the feel of the show um but i want to move on to the next one because i'm really excited for the next op and that is miss kobayashi's dragon maid hell yeah 
Oh. This is the shit. I love this OP. <laughs> it's so good. This honestly, this has been my ringtone for the last two years. It has been to the point where to the point where your dog, when he hears it go off, runs to the door because <laughs> he, he thinks, thinks food is being delivered. <laughs> I think uh, that's wild. This listen, this OP is great, and like more than just the OP that we're all familiar with, the season one OP, the new one's good too. OP is good. Oh, I'm so happy about it. Um, it, this. It is visually very interesting. Like, they do a lot of really cool stuff with it. Um, things that I've never really seen in an anime before. Um, it, kind of like Isaacon, which we'll get into in a little bit, but but top tier uh, OP. Um, after Dragon Maid, though, um, I want to go back to a little bit of another classic, and maybe one that uh, is a little bit deeper cut, and that is the OP to Dot Hack Sign. Hell yeah. Um, this is like an, one of the original isekais. Um, it is, it's definitely worth checking out. It is slower paced compared to like more modern shows. It is. I started a rewatch of it a couple year, month, years ago, whatever however length of time ago i started it um it is hard to get into but once it starts like once it really kicks in the show is really really good and the op is of course fantabulous the thing i like about the op is that again it, it really fits the show like this is a show about someone being like trapped in uh like mmorpg video game and yeah. it very much has that kind of feel of the world and it really it ties in the thing i like about it too is that you could listen to that song and not recognize it from any other song in the ost like, it, it could just sound like a song that was present in the OST. Yeah. But it also works as the OP. Absolutely. Yeah, it's really good. But, like, one, one you know, one anime that we're going to talk about that doesn't have this quality, and this is Isaacin. Because uh. Isaacin, the song that they have for this OP, is an OP song. And it is so good. it's great yeah it's wonderful oh it's it's so much fun and the visuals like are not you know cuts from the show they have a really great little like silhouette dance number in it which a lot of people did on like tiktok and all that oh, like they had like awesome. their little isaac and dances <laughs> Um, maybe the best, it, if, if oh, enough people... It'll get stuck in your head, too. Listen, if, if enough people subscribe to our Instagram, maybe the best boys will do a version <laughs> of the Isaac and Dance. No, if, if anything, we're going to do a different dance, which I'm not going to spoil yet, because we're going to talk about shortly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, Isaac and was great, song-wise, visual-wise, the whole package. It was all there. I think it, it won Best OP that year, because of course it did, because it won every prize that year, which it deserved every prize even the one it didn't win which it did win um we're not that we're still salty that I i'm did so not salty about it. Awards. it should have won every award and in my mind it did yeah um but the last one we're going to talk about when we talk about really good ops this is also a little bit of a deep cut maybe some of you recognize it maybe some of you don't but it is ghost in the shell standalone complex the original let's listen to it right here
It's so good. Yeah. Even as a regular song, it's just really, really, really good. Um, God, like, this uh, This is the last time I'm going to say it. I promise this is the last time I'm going to say it. <laughs> but, like, when this song hits, anime is on. And uh-huh. I know it. And Best Boy Dan, you're going to hate me for this because it's going to be more editing work for you. But I just remembered a, an OP that belongs on this list that isn't. And that is, of course, the Domestic Girlfriend OP. Oh, yeah. How did we forget that? And it's right here. It's so good. God, that show was so trashy, but was so good. Except for everything about it. <laughs> Except for what it was about. Yeah. It, every, it fired on all levels. That OP was... Is so good. The visuals oh, in that OP were so we good with like the piano that? playing and the puddles. And like you get to see all the characters walking past each other and barking at each other. Like, yeah. Oh my god. Right the dogs love the OP. They're so happy about And we'll be OP. right back. All right, now that we have buried the second body... So many bodies! Uh, uh, and the dogs have been uh, been sequestered. Um, we can continue they, on. They, they love Domestic Girlfriend. <laughs> they like, love you, Domestic Girlfriend. And we Cooper, shouldn't have brought it up. Cooper with loves around. Domestic Girlfriend unironically. Yeah, well, Cooper's a little bit of a weirdo. But, but anyway. you know, he's my dog. What would you expect? Um... Anyway, we'll now jump into some some EDs that you should check out. Now, these are EDs are usually like not the same sort of like jam that you know the OPs are, but these are all some top tier ones. Um, obviously, we have to start off with Jujutsu Kaisen. Now, here it is. And it's by Ali, which, you know, it's called Lost in Paradise. It's one of maybe the best visuals to an OP ever. Oh, so good. Have you like, seen the t-shirt? I saw someone wearing the t-shirt in the wild the other oh, day. It just basically rad. had, like, those drawings of each character on the shirt. Oh, and, like, super cool. Yeah, I wanted to grab him and shake oh, him. Oh, you know what? Like, Where I did you get this? Uh, and we didn't have this in the news, but I'm pretty sure it, it's from Uniqlo. They have a Jujutsu Kaisen oh, does uh, thing at Uniqlo oh, right I know now. What I'm doing this week. So, yeah, anyone who is interested in Jujutsu Kaisen wear, uh, check out Uniqlo. And I think there's an... I'll, I'll check it out for next podcast but i know that there's another thing coming after uh jujitsu kaisen that's gonna be pretty rad too awesome um that's cool yeah we got thunder on the wall yeah. i don't know i like it it's fine <laughs> it's a very atmospheric podcast yeah um, we, should, we should why don't we have our horror episode recording today <laughs> yeah right well that'll be in october and we definitely need best person cap for that one. Oh, for real um but next up is Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, because Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid's good from top to bottom. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm not as big of a fan of the second ED, but I've only seen it once. So, you know, yeah, I, I, my mind can be changed. But the, the first, first ED one... is so good. We talked about it earlier. It's got the characters kind of swirling. I, I love the visuals of it. But no, I love the OP this... has them swirling. The the EDs where they're like writing on the beds. Oh, yeah. The ED is the... the so my... It, so my current ringtone so is the you OP. Guys, you my guys old ringtone is the You ED. guys heard the ED earlier, but we're doing this from memory. Yeah. Be- editor Best Boy Dan is the one who puts the songs in. Um, but yes, the the ones right in the beds was also really very good. It reminds me a lot of Nyan Cat, for those of you who are on the internet in the 2000s. Um, but uh, the next one is one that, that you are definitely more familiar with than oh I am. Oh, my as God. Man. But this is a... I have seen it. It is very good. Yeah. So it is um, the free uh, ED. Um, free is the Pretty Boys Swimming anime. Uh, and take a listen. Make us free. Yeah, it's it's pretty rad. Um, the visuals with it are also wild. You you gotta go check this video out to to get a full appreciation. But it's like all of the characters like dancing in a club, and then they like go to like um, kind of like aladdin kind of attire and they're like walking through the desert yeah (laughs) no we will get copyright strike for that no do not you can't copyright strike me singing aladdin uh it's disney you want to mess with disney i do i have my bedroom machete i'm ready to go come at me Disney. that mouse will wreck you that mouse will wreck you (laughs) um but yeah it's you know it is a very fun uh ed um, but you know what is, I think, okay, so we talked about this earlier. This is one that made both, uh, both sections just like Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. And that is, of course, Cowboy Bebop with the real folk blues. Listen to it here. This is great. This yeah. is everything. This is everything. Like the the meme that we referenced earlier with Kermit the Frog having the AK in the beginning and the salt like the yeah. Cup this of is the perfect ending. example of that. This is that. Like the real folk blues is first of all just a really good song like that I just listen to sometimes. Yeah. But like as an anime ED, like I, if I'm remembering the ED correctly, like you get a like basically it's a visual of uh, Spike smoking a cigarette and like just kind of like just being like retrospective and sad a little bit. Which is kind of how Spike sends, spends like twenty five percent of the anime. Um, oh, hello! This is like this is the perfect background noise for the real for folk the, blues. Yeah. Like, um, but no, it's 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 a really really good ED. I love this song. Um, but uh, you know, uh, for as far as the next one goes, Best Boy Dan. This one one you're familiar with. I actually have not seen this show, but I did listen to the OP earlier tonight because we're a good podcast hosts. Yeah, um, it is uh, Daytime Moon from Outlaw Star, and it's you know uh, again the same sort of thing where it's like the kind of chiller back end song. Yeah. 
It's good. It's just a good, good slow jam. Yeah. Slow um, jam. Now we're going to talk about possibly the best ED ever. The and best it only, there ever was. It only was for one episode, but it's the Chica Day. So I still remember the very brief and very wonderful moment in time in my life <laughs> where I thought this was the new ED for Kaguya-sama. Because, uh, like, I binged it after the season was already yeah. done. So I remember, like, I, like, okay, I will admit to this. I do sometimes skip the ED. Fucking sue me. <laughs> Come at me. But for this one, I happened to just be, like, after the show ended, like, kind of just off in my own world and not, like, like clicking on the next episode button. And the Chica Dance OP came up, and I was like, oh, this is different. And I listened to the whole thing, and I was like, this is so good. I can't wait to listen to this again after the end of the next episode. But it was just for one. Yeah, no, I, I love what the Chica the frick? Dance. I want to learn it. Um, I'll teach it to you. <laughs> it's just so good. It is. Uh, but another another ED, and this is going to be the last one we talk about, and it is another one that ha- that made both lists. This is the Poke Rap, a classic. It's a classic. Play the Poke Rap. We gotta rap some Pokemon. You just do the singing. I'll take care of the hard part. Let's get it on. I want to be the best that ever was. To beat all the rest. Yeah, that's my cause. Electro Dinklet, Nidoran, Mankey, Venusaur, Tanta, Fero. I mean, what else do you have to it's say? The poker it's the rap. poker It's rap. so good. <laughs> Listen, it was the best idea. Look, okay, we understand why they did it. It was so that you could get children indoctrinated in the name of the different Pokemon so they could buy all the Mission merch accomplished. and buy all the cards and do all the things. And you know the name of every Pokemon, but guess what? It worked. And it was good. And we love the poker rap. So, to kind of take us out for our uh, our anime OPs and EDs episode, um, we would like to discuss something that every anime fan goes through when it comes to OPs and EDs, and that's the change. Um, as you've witnessed in this episode, we are starting uh, the second core of season one of the Best Boys podcast, and that means that we sadly had to retire our beloved OP. Uh, this was very difficult, and we have spent a lot of time looking for a new song. And both... I, I want to point out, we spent a lot of time looking for a new song, but we decided on the one that we're going to go with, like... <laughs> Today. What was like an hour, an hour before we were, like, I was walking home from work when you sent me the new one. I was like, yes, this one. Yep. Um, but I've been looking for forever. Yeah. And there are mixed feelings uh, already from the people we've shared it with. So I, I encourage everyone to give it a few episodes. I know I am very much one of those persons that if I love an OP and, a, you know, episode 13 comes around and they change it on me, I'm the first one to flip a table. Um, but then usually four episodes later, I'm like, this song is a banger. Yeah. And everyone makes fun of me. Um, but give like it a Like I did last night. Yeah. Um, it's like... 
this is the natural course of uh, animes. There, it has been a really long time, maybe since like the days of Cowboy Bebop, where you had just one OP for the whole season. Yeah, it's incredibly rare these days. Yeah, usually it's every 13 episodes that you're getting switched up. And part of that is that sometimes the follow-up is not gonna be good you know naruto had like 30 ops and like like three of them were two of them are like top tier yeah um but you have shows like ancient magus bride that had such an incredibly good opening that just it had like listen we're gonna listen to it in a second but like the quality of like the maracas and like the spanish like kind of elements to it were so good yeah listen to it it's so good it's so good and then the follow-up i'm not even gonna bother playing yeah it it, just just know that it sucks it's like you went downhill from there. This also happened with um, Jujutsu Kaisen. The second uh, OP was all right, but the first one was was really like, good. The the problem with it is that it overshadowed it. Like yeah. you can't have an OP like Lost in Paradise and then followed up with whatever yeah. it was that they followed it up with that I don't remember the name of. Yeah, even. exactly. Uh, the it, it was that like sweet kind of like thing on the beach. And uh, sorry, ED for this one. Not yeah, OP. ED, not OP. Yeah, yeah. ED. Um, one of the weirder ones that's happened recently, uh, was those Snow White notes. And, and let's play it now so you can get an idea of what inspired us. And I love that one. But weirdly, this one switched after five episodes in a 13-episode season. Yeah. And, like, the crazy part about this one, too, is that, like, the original OP is, like, full of shamisen. And, like, it is the OP you would expect about uh, from an anime that is about shamisen music. And then, like, episode, like, the, the, second, o- the second OP is just, like generic shonen rock with like a very small amount of shamisen added into it yeah and it's like where why like where did this even come from like why would you do this actually you know what that show had a really good ed too now that i'm thinking about it did it. have a pretty good ed <laughs> but we're not talking about it right we're talking about the op and how the second one yeah. sucked so listen best buds that's that is just a part of of anime um and so you know what enjoy the songs while they're uh playing you know listen listen to them enjoy the work that people have put into them yeah um don't always do the netflix skip intro button and give give them a chance because you might find some songs that you really like absolutely and so you know what let us know what do you think about our new op and ed what do you think about the OPs and EDs that we talked about? What's your favorite? What's your least favorite? What's your most disappointing follow-up? Hit us up on email, thebestboyspod at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at bestboys underscore pod. And you know what? Enjoy the new ED or be like Best Boy Dan and say mid, only to be overcome with love for it four episodes later and claim that you have always loved it. Yes. Now enjoy our new ED.